There are 574 tribal nations represented across the United States. They each have their own cultural richness, way of living, and customs. They also have health disparities and trouble with the acquisition of resources. Tribal Health, the podcast, wants to shed light on them and bring solutions available to improve access for tribal and indigenous communities. And now your hosts, Melody Lewis, Mario Trujillo, and Morgan Haynes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tribal Health, the podcast. Today we have Mr. Trey Adcock, and he's going to tell us more about him and the work he does. I'm so excited. Uh, Trey, you want to give a quick intro and howdy? Sure. So, Siona Gad, Trey Dagado, Galiele Gadjigagowata, Itza Yeeche. Hello, everybody. My name is Trey. Thank you uh, for the invitation. Uh, I'm glad to be here and grateful for the space. So, Trey, before we jump into all of these questions, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and the community you come from? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a citizen of Cherokee Nation. Uh, my um, family is from Westville, Oklahoma. I moved around a lot and got my ended up. Long story short, got my you know graduate studies at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. That's where I got my PhD from. And it was really great. A lot of native faculty over there, native students. It was really a great experience. And then when I graduated from there, I um, really wanted to be close to a Cherokee community. So you know about coming going to Oklahoma, you know somewhere in Oklahoma uh, um, but it worked out that um, the University of North Carolina Asheville which is only about 45 minutes to an hour from the eastern band of Cherokee Indians had an opening and applied and, and got that job and basically finished my 10th year at the university as an associate oh. professor and it's been great I get to you know I'm in the community all the time and really, at the university, my, my primary responsibility, besides teaching classes and writing and that stuff, is is working with you know young Eastern Band students that, are, that come to the university and are making their way. And that's been really an honor and a privilege to work with all of them. Oh, that's awesome! I uh, we were just there too at the um, the hospital there in uh, North Carolina. We sent a critical care response team, and they said it was one of their favorite deployments because of the community, the way that they were welcomed. They showed up at the hospital the first day, and there were little gift baskets full of local honey and just all these different things of the community. So it, that tells us a little bit about how generous and how welcoming the community is. That's awesome that you. Were Work with them yeah it's, it's it's awesome to be this close to the community and i'm you know it's just yeah a real honor and a pleasure and you know I, i'm not eastern band and i'm i'm mindful of that you know but we are all cherokee and um you know i've been really welcomed and my family's really welcomed and loved and it's it's great what are the difference between the bands I mean, well, you you know, all the all the recognition stuff and, you know, who's a citizen and who's not, you know, blood quantum, things like that are just some of the basic differences. I mean, there are three federally recognized Cherokee tribes, the Eastern Band, Cherokee Nation, and the United Kadua Band. And, you know, we all do those, you know, citizenship a little bit differently, but I think culturally still very much Cherokee. And I think what's really cool about living and working here is you know, this is our ancestral territory. And so, you know, a lot of our places and sites and, you know, to live 
kind of come back to return. Uh, my family was, you know, removed from North Georgia and Northern Alabama. Um, and so, to, you know, to come back and work and live and raise my kids here is it's pretty special. Feels like returning home. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. What do you teach? Well, my, my PhD is in curriculum studies and education. So I, I was a public school teacher for a long time. And so, you know, I really saw teaching on the front lines and, you know, I wanted to disrupt a bunch of stuff in the classroom. And so, you know, that's why I went that direction. And then just based on need and the relationships we were really building at UNC Asheville, I started our American Indian Indigenous Studies program. Uh, wow. So I direct that. And that's really cool because we had Cherokee language. Uh, classes. I mean, I don't teach that, but it's really neat that we have the opportunity for Eastern Band students to come to the university. We're a primarily white institution, significantly so, but to find those spaces and create those spaces on campus where they can be safe and see themselves and, and grow has been really cool. And so it's just a minor, but I think it's an important one, of course. So that that's really what I'm teaching now. That is so cool. I mean, to have a space and an area where you could go on a, you know, a pretty large institution to see yourself and build community is critical. So it's not small. Great job. Great. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I've done a little bit of research on you and uh -oh. where you're <laughs> and where in your current role, right, as a board executive director of an organization. I'm curious to know what your experience has been, because before you jumped on, Mario, we talked a little bit about uh, how fairly new you are in the position, maybe like a year and a half. And I want to I want to know all, all the things about uh, well, what that no, new role looks like. I mean, to be honest, I love it. You know, I, I, you know, academia can be a tough space. I'm the only federally recognized member on campus and it, it can be lonely. Um, you know, just to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been there 10 years and it's been a lot of great work. But at the same time, I mean, it's still a settler colonial institution. And so the ability to create and the ability to do things, particularly for the community, can be tricky. And so the being the executive director of the Center for Native Health is just it's been amazing. One, you know, to, to learn. I'm not from the nonprofit world. Mm -hmm. So. But I, I think it's a vehicle for doing the work that I want. I want to do community grassroots-based work. And it's about people and it's about relationships and it's about human beings. And so I see the center as a vehicle for, for doing that. And the, also, you know, our board, we have a 12-person board, 11 members of which are, are uh, enrolled in one of the three federally recognized Cherokee tribes. And just to be a part of the board, to be in relationship with them and to think about the work that we want to do. I mean, if I could do it full time, I would. That's awesome. Um, have you seen a difference in the community that you offer on campus with opening up this new program? Have you seen, I don't know, a difference, of course, in the community of these students that belong to the tribal community, but then also around campus? Yeah, it's so when I got to the university in 2012, we didn't have any enrolled members on campus. Really? There had been some in the past, but they had graduated and moved on or there just wasn't. We didn't have a student group. We didn't have space. We had no curriculum. And again, we're, we're that close to a tribal community. And if you, 
you know, I just, it was irresponsible. I mean, in my opinion, but so, but by 2018, that fall, we, we had 22 Eastern band students on campus. And so some people hear that and they're like, that's not that big of a number, but that was dramatic. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just so beautiful to like, you know, to support them and, and to work with them. And the beautiful story, I think, going forward is we graduated half of those students. So there, we've had a lot of success stories. You know, I think what I've learned about the academy is, unfortunately, it's still based in capitalism. And so it mm-hmm. becomes about profit and things like that. So our numbers have shrunk pretty drastically. And but ho- hopefully, the, I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'll just I'm staying optimistic and hopefully we can get back to those times but I do think the minor was a safe place Cherokee language was a safe place and when I first started teaching those classes the amazing thing was is if I had 12 students 11 of them were native within a PWI a primarily mm-hmm. language, which that was cool wow. it was really cool so I'm a little biased here, okay, because I didn't also share with you that I have a consulting firm that does workforce development and educational strategies for Native American communities. I'm also the director of diversity here for tribal health, but there's a connection, right? There's a connection with the educational part and the capacity building part with serving tribal communities. So all the work that you're doing is so critical and so important that it had to start somewhere. Right. So it's it it's I'm just very proud of you. That's all. Like it's a, oh. it's not a small it's not a small effort. And I understand that. And I think we're in a time and a place right now where, you know, we're craving and longing for our voices to be heard now before we're we're not we're not taking the back seat, you know, we're not we're not being humble. I mean we are, but you know what I mean? We're 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 wanting to be heard now, right? Reclaiming and, um Yeah. And so I just, I'm curious to, I just want to tap in there to talk a little bit about the programs that you're doing at the center uh, when it comes to fostering, developing more people or persons of color into the healthcare profession and um, what overlaps you might see from the education side of this now into the center's work. Oh, let's thank, yeah, thank you for that. And that's such an awesome question. I mean, I think one of the, the challenges, you know, in some ways with, with the center is for funding agents within and externally to the community, they hear the term health or health care and, and certain things come to mind. And, you know, a lot of that is really healthy and good. But I think for us, we see culture as a vehicle uh, f- for good health. And so, you know, we're guided by some pretty, I, I think, important principles, at least from a Cherokee perspective. And so education, positive experiences, positive representation, uh, you know, I, I think a lot, everything connects back to both individual and community health, particularly to disrupt historical trauma. So, uh, you know, in terms of increasing representation in health professions, our, one of the biggest programs that we have is called the Medical Careers and Technology Pipeline. And I don't, you know, we're, we're changing the terminology around the use of pipeline, but it's called MedCat, and it's designed specifically to increase the number of Native students in health uh, professions. Wow, um, And that's been really cool. This summer, we're hosting two summer academies, one at Western Carolina University and another at the Cancer Research Labs at Wake Forest. And they spend a summer, they spend a week there, you know, going through simulations and hearing from Native health professionals and, you know, just trying to create a lot of confidence that they can do this work and that, you know, we need them to do this work. And so I, I think that is, 
you know, a huge activity that the center is invested in. There's um, three three women that I follow in the education sector. Dr. Carla Bird, uh, she is the president for Blackfeet Community College. Dr. Selena Hill, she, I think she's still at Montana, one of the Montana universities. And then Dr. Pearl Yellowman, who's currently the administrator for Navajo Nation. All three of them talked about the importance of culture and resiliency skills that support a native student's pathway, either in the education or workforce or, or, or that side, right? And they said that the more in tune that you are with your cultural identity, the more successful you will be in these westernized systems. And which is exactly what you're talking about. Every Everything that we do in the work that personally that I do in the work is rooted with indigenous identity in the framework. It's prevention, it's, it's, it's sustainability, it's persistence, it's all those things when somebody is more in tune with their identity and specifically cultural identity. I share my story many times and I talk about like, I grew up on the reservation, but was raised to be more assimilated to the westernized culture because my parents thought when I was that way, I'd be more successful, less, you know, less, they're protecting me is really what they thought they were doing for me. But I didn't get in tune with my cultural identity until my 30s. And when I found that is when I felt more whole when I felt like, oh, wow, that this is what was missing, right? So everything that we do now with any of our programs and services, we try to teach as young as possible to understand the importance of identity, but also how you're going to have to navigate these systems that weren't made for us and where you're not going to see yourself in, right? And hopefully that will help them be more resilient throughout uh, their pathway. I, I, uh, I guess for you, it's like what what's in the future now for you personally and the work that you do, and then also what you want to see at the institutions you serve. I think for me, I mean, I want to keep doing the work of the center. I think we have a, I think we have an important role to play where you know we we're guided by cultural understandings and not Western bureaucracy. And I think that is important. And I think we can serve a lot of people. I mean, one of the projects that, you know, we just got grant funding for is to help revitalize uh, traditional Cherokee pottery in the community. And some people have said, well, what does that have to do with health? Well, to me, it is deeply rooted in health. It is the returning of these practices that teach us who we are and teach us who we will be. And so for me, it's all about health. And so I think that is a really cool role to play in other maybe agencies and organizations are doing different things, but I think that's the role that we can do. Uh, The other project I would just say that we're really getting invested in is revitalizing Cherokee mothering practices. Awesome. Um, Because, you know, if we're going to talk about culture and health, it starts at birth. Uh, Maybe even you could say in the womb. And so, you know, what does that mean for us as Cherokee people? And there's really, you know, a lot of powerful, important, beautiful Uh, people that are working on this um, initiative in small ways, but I think in in really important ways. And so, you know, my future, I hope, is at the center for a little while longer so I can see some of this stuff continue to grow. And, you know, I think we all have our roles to play. And I think that, you know, building the capacity of the center to serve these projects is is what I really want to be doing. That's awesome. I have a question, and I'm sorry if I missed it. Um, For these 
programs and maybe the summer sessions that you have, what are the specific ages that you gear towards? That's a good question. I mean, it's primarily for high school, but I think we're in conversations to, I mean, I think a lot of the data would show that we need to start even earlier than that. Sure. Um, I'm also interested in, in, you know, one of the things that we're going to really be thinking about is we, we know the data that a lot of these students are ending up in higher education spaces. We don't necessarily know what happens to them after that. Do they actually turn into health professionals? And so that's the piece that we're really going to be looking at and, and seeing where we can contribute. So, so really, you're going to expand to all ages then from beginning of cult- culture and goals and afterwards to see where they end up. I, you know, I think we're, we're having those conversations and seeing cool. the spaces where we can contribute. But that's awesome. So there's this one question that we ask all of our guests, and it's by far my favorite question. I think oh. I'm gonna let I'm gonna say it, and then I'm gonna give you more context. Okay, so we ask, "What is your f- favorite res slang?" and use it in a sentence. So it could be any slang, right? It could be family slang, community slang, whatever. It is. So think about that for a minute. But I want to say one thing that just really resonates with me through this entire conversation is that you're talking a lot about relations, right? Building community and relations, which is the indigenous way, right? We lead with building relations. We lead with building community. And all of our decisions are informed by those things, right? I say that because wrestling is part of that. We talk about, I can go anywhere across the nation and hear a sound or a word and be like, oh, they're native. I got to go ask them what community they're from, you know? I was in a plane one time, which is, this is a whole nother topic, and we probably could go on to this forever, but uh, this gentleman was in a plane. I was in New York, and I was coming back from New York, and he didn't look look native. I'm putting air quotes, right? It's very yeah, yeah. white passing, and uh, but he was sitting in front of me, and uh, he just said something, and he started laughing, and he went, hey, like that real loud. <laughs> and I was like, he's got to be native. So I walked up to him, and I was like, uh, are you are you native by chance? And goes, yeah. You know, obviously he could look at me, and I'm all native looking. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm from upstate. And he started going off, started getting really loud at that point. <laughs> but I noticed that you know that's why we do wrestling because it builds community, right? Like it 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 connects us in some way. So anyway, I'm gonna turn it over to you. What is your favorite wrestling? And use it in a sentence. Oh well, I, I gotta go with either Skoden or Studis. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, we use that so much for pretty much everything. You know, anytime we get like some positive energy, just even in a even in a board meeting, we'll be like, "Yeah, let's do this." You know, let's do so, this. Yeah, let's go in, huh? Let's go in. Yeah, so I, I use those quite frequently. Those are universal. If you said that somewhere in the airport, I would know you're native. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last. Last question too, is there anything else that you want to say to the listeners or the, about, you know, either your work or anything that would help them be successful serving tribal communities? Oh, wow. That's a big question. I mean, I, I, I you know, I think I continue to, to, to lean on our elders, you know, and um, I, I'm really thankful that on our board, we have, again, an amazing board and to be in relationship with them is really sustaining and and powerful and um so i I don't know i mean uh, yeah in terms of like what else i would like to say it's um you know if people would like to follow our work 
you know, I, I would just give some shout outs to our social media. They can follow us on Instagram at the Center for Native Health 501 underscore C underscore three. Um, we're also on the web, centerfornativehealth.org. Yeah, I just really appreciate the invitation and thank y'all for the Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining. We're going to put your socials down in the description below for our followers, but thank you for, for sharing your story and your passion. Um, and I hope that this isn't the end of our conversation and relationship. Yeah, me neither. Thank Yeah, I, I really. This is great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Tribal Health, the podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's guest. For the show notes, resources, and more, please visit podcast.tribalhealth.com. If you want to learn more about how Tribal Health can be a solution to health disparities, please visit us at www.tribalhealth.com.